Hey guys, welcome to episode 8 of the Neo Win Podcast. I'm Rich Woods. And I'm Jean Karaschkaila. And we had some interesting stuff this week. Yeah, it was a slow yeah. week, but like I said, it's a juicy week. Yeah. Yes, oh. a, a bunch what, of what, things. What did you do this week? Tell me, tell me about your week. It was a good week because I got a review unit for a phone and I'm just really excited to... phone did you get? <laughs> Uh, it's a uh, Red Magic Three. It's a gaming phone from Nubia, so it's gaming it's Chinese. Phone. Yeah, it's one of those gaming smartphones. You know, what kind of specs like, does it have? So it's got the um, the Snapdragon eight fifty five, as you'd expect, of course. Yeah. Uh, eight gigs of RAM, twelve, uh, one hundred thirty eight gigs of storage. It has a cooling fan. That's what it drew me to it the most. It's a phone that's with a cooling. F- yeah, that's why I wanted to get it because it seems so. Uh, very interesting. Not n- no other phone that I know of yeah. as a cooling fan. Aside from the Asus ROG phone that had like the slap-on accessory that also had a fan, but it, it wasn't yeah. built in. So you know, all those mainstream gaming phones like uh, Razer and the Asus, uh, they they still all have the Snapdragon 845. So so uh, uh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, the Nubia has the advantage there. The other one with the 855, I think uh, Xiaomi's Mike Shark also has one, but it doesn't yes. have that fan. So yes, it's yeah, and they 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 have a lot of gaming improvements in the 855, so that should be pretty cool. Yeah, I I don't play a lot of games on my phone. I got Asphalt Nine just for the sake of testing this now. You should and, get PUBG. Uh, but I. I'm not very good at You don't have to be games. good at it. You <laughs> just have to play it and see how it goes on the phone. You know? Yeah. It's funny when I, when I reviewed that um what was it the Legion that we were just talking about and and I yeah. posted the uh the Battlefield gameplay videos and and people commented about it like you shouldn't be playing video games. Like first of all, I'm not reviewing the game, so get over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm reviewing a PC with RTX graphics and I'm trying to show ray tracing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I yeah. guess I, I you just got to performance, you know. Yeah. So. so this week, I, you know, it's funny, right? Um, you know, I live on Long Island. You know, what's a cool place on Long Island? I I, I know nothing. <laughs> Astoria. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah, I, I was planning on that segue. It didn't really fit very well, but but uh, <laughs> yeah. So so Sunday Sunday story broke from um forbes about how uh, about how microsoft's foldable device may run android apps so we've heard about it before with project astoria and then that got killed in the early days of windows 10. so so tell us about the full report because there was some other stuff in there too yeah okay so the report comes apparently from this uh market research company, IHS Market, they have some source there. And so for one thing, it said that you can run Android apps, which is, a, like you were saying, a very familiar story for Windows fans. And it says it's going to have two nine-inch displays, a four-by-three aspect ratio, which is interesting. And yeah. almost yeah. connectivity. Yeah. Now those those displays um, are four by three each, right? Yeah, it seems like that, and it makes sense because if you put two four by three displays by side and they're vertical, you get a big three by two display. Exactly, yeah. and that's surface the surface screen uh, aspect ratio they always do. So that's interesting. Yeah. It, it it makes some sense if so. There's that, 
and it's still display, so it's not just one like Lenovo is doing with their phone level display. And it's good that it kind of clarifies what Microsoft is doing because over the past year and a half, probably, we got these constant patterns coming out. And some of them have F2, some of them have one, some of them have three, because there's like a display in the in the inch or something. So right. Right. this seems like it could clarify what Microsoft is actually planning to release. So that's that's interesting. You know, the first thing that made me skeptical about this report was that it came from Forbes. <laughs> and um, Forbes is awful. Oh, okay. so <laughs> I'm, I'm not afraid to say that, that it's, you know, um, very, very, you know, like like we have a saying that friends don't lead friends don't let friends read Forbes for Microsoft News, and um, <laughs> you know, like that doesn't mean it's not true. It's just, it's just it makes it makes me skeptical of the report in general, just based on, on where it came from, and and it it almost seems like like one of those reports where where um, it kind of confirms previous reports. And then they just kind of say like, oh, and we've confirmed it with sources or whatever. Um, I, I don't yeah. know about Android apps though. Uh, to me, to me, Android apps make no sense. Does it make sense to you? Uh, that's that's a complicated question. I don't think I would use them. That not personally, right. but a lot of people do. There's so many Android emulators on Windows. It's crazy. And I'm not sure what people use them for, but they're there so that's true uh, I, I i i think there's probably some use for it for some people otherwise it wouldn't be such a big deal and i mean um, it's probably yeah. easier it's probably easier now since we have a full linux kernel shipping with the stand now for the WSL. so yeah and i think that's where where some of the rumors got started which is that the linux kernel started shipping or they announced and they said well they could do android with this and um you know, it made a lot more sense to me in the in the old Project Astoria days where, you know, it made more sense to me when Windows Phone was a thing because Windows Phone had a severe lack of apps. And so if you had one, you had you had you were going to have this option of sideloading an Android app at the, at the very least sideloading an Android app if, if Microsoft didn't provide its own uh, method through the store. And that would at least, you know provide for for that one or two apps that you really need that you couldn't get on windows phone on on windows for pcs to me it just it just makes no sense i i, I yeah. don't understand on pcs no but maybe this is like setting up something like andromeda i don't know if if it still exists andromeda Andromeda's is dead it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, for the most part this is uh centaurus and yeah, yeah. and uh, another thing yeah yeah, I mean, I mean, two nine-inch displays. That's probably kind of interesting. I, I, I don't know what what the size of the display is if it's if it's unfolded at three by two. I haven't done the math. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it just it just doesn't. Uh, I don't know something about this just doesn't add up to me. I don't think it'll have LTE or or five G if it's running an Intel uh, CPU. Yeah, I don't what. This is the lake field. Is that thing they have now? The that weird integrated sort of right. It's it's that weird chips that they have. Yeah, yeah, and I um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Microsoft doesn't do LTE very well. It doesn't do cellular very well at all. 
And mm-hmm. um, doing it with, with an Intel chip, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical. Yeah, but most of what I'm skeptical is, is Android apps because I just I don't think it makes sense. I don't see why they why they would do this, you know, on, on Windows. I think I think I I think on Windows most people work through a browser. That's why I've I've commonly said that that uh, most apps that that people want in the Windows Store don't make sense, you know. And I know you use them like Twitter. Uh, yeah, um, but but I use a browser tab for Twitter. I use a browser tab for Facebook, Facebook Messenger, Google Hangouts. You know, um, yeah. They, I, go ahead. I just think I just think that the you know maybe not everyone is like that. And like I said, there's uh, all those Android emulators. There's a big market just for that. So there's probably someone out there who, who cares about running Android apps, right? And this I is, mean, but this is adding another app platform to Windows. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's it's kind of admitting failure to to. To building out your own your own app platform, and and bringing in somebody else's. I mean, it's not like they haven't failed anyway. So, all right, here's a crazy theory, right? Crazy, right? So, so I I've said many times before that I would like for Microsoft to use Chromium OS and build a Chrome OS competitor. That's basically Chrome OS, except instead of Chrome, it has the new edge. And instead of Google Drive, it has OneDrive. And it's basically Chrome OS with Microsoft services. They could do that. Um, I, I, everybody I've talked to says that they wouldn't because they, they're you know, not going to switch from Windows. But what if they did, right? And they started building these edge books. And, but... Chromium OS comes with that Android layer. So that's going to run Android apps. So now they add Android app support into Windows because you can't have this one thing that has Android app supports and, and this other thing that doesn't. That's, that's, I mean, it could be interesting, but I, I think I'm on the side of the people that say that they <laughs> wouldn't. Uh, it would be interesting. But it's a shift I don't expect from Microsoft. No, I don't expect it at all. I'm just, <laughs> I, I would just, I, I, I really want them to build some kind of edge book like that. It's, it's, uh, every time, every time someone sends me a Chromebook to review, it's like, this is great, except, um, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't want to run Chrome. I don't want to use Google Drive. <laughs> so, but I mean, other than that, Android apps to me on Windows. I, like I understand that there are there are lots of Android emulators out there, and Microsoft has their own Android emulators with with uh, Visual Studio and stuff. It's just I I, I, I don't I don't think it's going to be seen as a real benefit to to the platform. Maybe not. And, it, it it is one of those things that I think will have a limited appeal. Yeah. But I don't know. Microsoft does weird stuff. It'll sound yeah right. It makes no sense. So that means they're going to do it right. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it's a strange thing. And then here, here's the next story, right? Which was from Brad Sams. And, and by the way, if if it wasn't for for the Excalibur thing, I wouldn't have even written it up because most of it's not new. Um, so, a couple things uh, that there's um, Microsoft is working on an ARM-based Surface Pro an AMD Ryzen-based Surface laptop. And um, Excalibur, according to Brad, 
is a custom chip that's, uh, you know, custom designed for Windows 10. And um, so that's going to be in the Surface Pro 7. And then there will, of course, be Intel versions of the Surface Pro 7. And what 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 didn't make sense to me was just the idea of a custom ARM chip that they worked with with Qualcomm on, just because uh, the Snapdragon 8CX is already custom designed for for Windows 10, and that's coming later this year in the same time frame that this custom chip would be coming. So it just it just seems like a strange move to me to make another custom chip, especially when Qualcomm usually announces these chips like eight months ahead of time. At its uh, Snapdragon Summit. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it is weird timing. We didn't, we didn't even have any ATX devices now. And Right, <laughs> right. ATX so. devices should be coming later on this year. So so why would we have a custom chip um, that's similar to the ATX, I guess? it's It just it just seems very old to me. So I, I was thinking that... that it's actually the HCX, you know, and maybe we have this, um, maybe we have a, a cellular variant of the Surface Pro 7 that has an HCX, which would make sense since it's, since it's supposed to be on par with a Core i5. And then we have the the Intel versions that are, that are Wi-Fi only. Um, I, I, I am with you. It's, it's weird that they're using this codename for a chipset that we already know of. Yeah. So it's strange that they would do that. But it's also strange that they'd announce another chipset. Uh, like you said, why, why build a custom one when this one is already designed just for Windows 10 anyway? So yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a strange story. Uh, it, it could be it could be off. It could be that Excalibur is is actually the codename for the device that's using an HCX. That'll make more sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I like I would suspect that that's the, the cellular variant, but um, what could be good? Like Microsoft is really bad at, at cellular, like really bad. Um, people don't realize how bad Microsoft is at cellular. <laughs> yeah, so, I have an idea. Why is why is it yeah. so bad? I I don't know why. I just know they are really bad at it. So first of all. Um, Anytime there's a cellular version of, of, a, of a Surface, which we've had the Surface Go, uh, Surface Pro 5, Surface 2, and Surface 3 have all had cellular variants. And um, they, they all ship like six months after the fact. Six months after, after the Wi-Fi only one. And then, yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. And then when, when the Surface Pro 5 uh, came out, which uh, I had the, the scoop on all of that, and... Um, they 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 used a Snapdragon X16 modem which supports gigabit speeds, and they started boasting that that it had 450 megabits per second. So the the guy I was talking to couldn't give me a straight answer as to why it was capped at 450 megabits per second, and he basically said like, "Oh, we can just flip a switch and turn on gigabit, but no one needs that." And I'm like, "What? No one needs that?" And, and oh well, you know, if you want to stream 4K Netflix, all you need is 25 megabits per second. You know, you, you don't need a gigabit. Okay. <laughs> and then I talked to some other guys, and they're like, "No, it's just because Microsoft can't design antennas. Oh. <laughs> they just can't." Do it. <laughs> so they are bad at cellular. And now I wonder if um, 
if like if they're working closely with Qualcomm to de design this device, they could have better antenna design because because um, they can't do it on their own. And so <laughs> so the cellular chip is built into the the HCX, and so it could it could work better than you know using a cellular modem with an Intel chip and doing it all on their own. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Intel, Intel laptops with LTE aren't that great, are they? Or is it? What's? I don't know. I don't. Um, I, I, I feel used, like it's probably be better if you have. The you know, I've I've used I've used both, and um, I I I'd, I'd say you're right that that um, you know the the switching between Wi-Fi and LTE isn't quite as seamless or not as fast. Um, I've had some connectivity issues with Intel ones, and I don't know if that's if that's an issue with working with Intel or if it's, you know, just the way the antennas are designed on those units. And um, it's it's, but it's really strange. I'll open up a PC and and it'll say no service. I'm like, what a what no service? And like, I know there should be cellular service here, and um, that's a problem though because with LTE you expect to have internet connectivity wherever you are so when you turn it on you have no service you're like i can't count on this thing that's a big problem um yeah yeah that reminds though right I've, yeah. I've 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 also I've, I've also used both generations of the the qualcomm chips the 835 and the 850 and three pcs which is the lenovo mix 630 that was the 835 one and the um for the 850 generation, I had the Galaxy Book 2 and the uh, Lenovo Yoga C630. And uh, cellular is a, is a lot more consistent, but obviously the performance isn't quite there, especially on the 835. The 835 sucks. <laughs> so uh, the 850 is, is usable, especially if, um, it's, I mean, especially if you have native browsers. That's the biggest issue. But um, hopefully the eight fifty the the HCX can can solve some of that, you know if the, if the if the if the power is really there, and then you you have the integrated cellular modem that that could be a good thing. Yeah, and I mean they also have ARM based browsers coming out now, so that's yes. definitely going to help. The well, both. hopefully Edge gets here. I mean, I've I've, <laughs> I've been using a, a little bit. I've been using the um, the leaked. Um, native arm credge oh yeah yeah oh. And, uh, and it's pretty good you know i was using firefox which is native on arm now and um you know i th you know they, they showed me chromium running on arm like in like october like, come on <laughs> we need to get this out there you know yeah, it's taking a long time uh, yeah chrome still doesn't either right it's only firefox oh no no Chrome maybe eventually. I mean, it's Chromium that that's being held up really. So, it's the like once Chromium is there though, it really should be all Chromium based browsers. Oh yeah, hopefully everyone will, will get on board at that point. But so, most importantly, Edge really needs to be there. If Microsoft wants to provide a good experience out of the box, they really have to have Edge. Yeah. Up. Yeah, and one one thing that's cool about the idea of an ARM-based surface is that Microsoft really is taking this seriously. Because I think we talked about it before that that there are very few ARM-based PCs out there in the world. Some of these things have sold, but not, I mean, not many. Not compared to Intel. So so 
developing for that is is you know not not going to be a priority for most companies so so with microsoft pushing it that should be a really good thing yeah they really have to kick start it and i hope they do because we've talked yeah. about this before our devices are fairly exciting they're always on connectivity the waste instant yeah. wake well, just so Windows really on a new platform, you know, like, like I'd love to see some competition for Intel and Intel. Intel's been uh, kind of coasting for years now, <laughs> you know, yes. ever since, I guess, Skylake. And, um, you know, because then we had Kaby Lake, Kaby Lake R, Whiskey Lake, and they've all been kind of the same. They added more cores and like the, there's hasn't been a real change to the architecture until now Ice Lake that's coming up. And, and it's nice to see that that they they have to move if they want to keep up yeah they, they, they don't have a lot of competition for a long time they didn't really have amd is not very relevant either so yeah so now Qualcomm's really challenging them and that's good the, everyone needs competition that's just better for everyone so right yeah and you know you know um another thing is that that at, at we talked about this a couple of weeks ago is is Lenovo's project limitless which is the Snapdragon 8CX 5G PC that's coming in 2020 and um they announced this thing that with no details but they also that's not going to be the first 8CX 5G Windows 10 PC there is going to be one later on this year so that could be the surface and that could be why the Lenovo got announced announced first so it would be pretty interesting to see a Surface Pro 7 5G. Yeah, uh, I have a hard time imagining uh, Microsoft being first to something like that because yeah, they usually are pretty late. Yeah, but that would be very interesting. But I don't know. I, I don't see it being Microsoft being the first one uh, to that. But who knows? I mean, yeah, yeah who knows? Is you know, it, it like like it fits except for the fact that Microsoft is bad at cellular. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, they're not always last in everything. They're, they're, they're. I'd like to. I think they like to think that they're smart in in what what they implement first and what they don't. Like the new form factors, obviously they're they're first. You know, Surface Book has still not been replicated across the board. Surface Studio, I well, I had that Lenovo, but you know, obviously they're not first in things like Thunderbolt three or using new CPUs. They're always last in using new CPUs now, but that's because they got burned by Skylake. And, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that did not go well. Yeah, yeah, So, I don't know. Maybe they don't know how bad at cellular they are, and they're planning 5G. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you know? Maybe. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Surface really should... It should push the limits. And, and it really... You know, the thing is, like, we we talked about it, I think it was when um, the new H-series processors came out, and we had this this whole range of gaming PCs and mobile workstations that came out, because when a new chip comes out, all the OEMs line up to refresh their products, because you can't keep selling your PC with an old CPU in it, so... Um, the only one that doesn't is Microsoft. So, so you end up with these surfaces with old chips where everybody else has the latest generation. So, I mean, they can't keep doing that. Yeah, and then the surfaces are way more expensive. So it's impossible to justify getting a surface over any of the competitors. Oh, I have no idea why anybody would ever buy a surface. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's like in any category, there's something better out there. So, yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Bill yeah, Gates even... says missing mobile was a mistake. 
I love stories like this, by the way, because they just come up once in a while. Like every, I don't know, six months or so, you know, Bill Gates or Steve Ballmer does an interview and, the, and then someone says, like, what do you think of Missing Mobile? And they say something like, like you know, it was a mistake. And it's a big story. Missing Mobile was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It does seem to be a recurring thing. Now that you mention it, something like this always comes up every now and again. Absolutely. It's like Apple products and, and Steve Wozniak. <laughs> like anytime there's an Apple product, there's there's gonna be a story about a month later about what Steve Wozniak thinks about it. You know, except this is the exact same thing over and over again. Yeah, because <laughs> we just can't let it go. It's, it's not about a new product. It's, well, you know, the thing about the thing about Microsoft and mobile is that they um, it's almost it's it's just it's a really fascinating case when you look at it. They had a lead. They they they've been making smartphones since the early two thousands. You know, since well, since like the you know uh, handheld PCs since the Windows CE days, like like a long time. They should have won this, and um, yeah. they didn't. Yeah, what, what, where do you think they went wrong? I have to ask. What, what I mean, there's a lot of factors, obviously, but to you, what, what like stands out the most as what ruined Windows Phone? I'm glad you asked because I'm very <laughs> opinionated on this subject. <laughs> Here's what I think went wrong. Well, one that like um, one they they didn't they didn't look for at consumers when when it started. Where you know Steve Ballmer famously mocked the iPhone. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, and that that's fine though because um, what what else was he supposed to say in that situation? You know, um, yeah, like you have your own mobile market, right? Windows Mobile was a thing, and then the iPhone comes out. What are you going to say? Like, no, their product is much better than ours. Like a CEO can't say that. Yeah, uh, but what that what they should have been doing was paying more attention to the market, and instead they they said, well. You know how are you get, you can't send emails without a keyboard. You know you have all touchscreen. That's ridiculous. Um, you know businesses are never going to like it, and and they were looking at businesses and and not realizing that consumers uh, would play a huge role in in the smartphone market. But the biggest problem that I saw because I've been covering Microsoft and Windows Phone since like 2012 or 2013 or something, and and the biggest problem that I always saw was that they always put PC first. Right. In a market where where you have three companies with with for argument's sake, we're gonna say unlimited resources. The two that win are Apple and the other company that uses the most resources. Google was able to put mobile first always, uh, because they didn't have a PC operating system with one and a half billion PCs out there. So a lot of people would say to me, because I've pointed this out before, and people would say, oh, they have a billion and a half PCs. They can't just ignore them. But they never put mobile first. And they, they always had this other thing that was more important. So they never focused on it more than Google did. And that, that was, to me, the, the, the biggest issue. That, yeah, that's that's that is, uh, I, I can't really say much because I, I wasn't following Microsoft's mobile efforts until, like, 2014, 15. Yeah. So I don't know. When they finally let you add an image as a wallpaper. <laughs> exactly. you know? No, but seriously though, because because you look at, at they would do these things. They would do these these things and like um, here's a all right late 2014 they announced Windows 10. 
right? So uh, what was it? September 30th, 2014, I believe. Yeah. And and the first preview came on October 1st. Um, they announced Windows 10. They announced it for PCs. Something's going to come for phones later. The first Insider preview is coming for PCs tomorrow. You know, and, and that was just... Um, Priorities were wrong. If you, if if you want phones to succeed, phones have to come first. You know. Uh, yeah, that I, that makes sense. I I never thought about it that way, but yeah, it's well. That's because no uh, one thinks about it that way. The way that people <laughs> think about it is, oh, they didn't market it correctly. Oh, they they didn't they didn't have the apps, or oh, everybody had chosen sides, and which is crap. I almost said something else. Because because no one had chosen sides like like Windows Windows Phone Seven launched in 2010, okay, and most people didn't even have a smartphone in 2010. That there was there was plenty of time to get this right, and they, and they didn't. Yeah, you know? yeah, your theory makes sense. They they were just I don't think they understood for a long time just how big the smartphone mar market was. And because for the, I guess, like you were saying, for the, the most part of the, the, the beginning of the century and the, the past day, decade, smartphones were business app, uh, business only. So right. normal people didn't care about smart features at all. But no. then, then the, the iPhone came around and it just really made all those things mainstream. And Microsoft just kept riding the boat. You know, they just kept thinking, you know, this is just for businesses. It's a separate thing. Yeah. And well, here's the thing, right? After after Steve Ballmer goes and says that in 2007, what does Microsoft do? They go to the drawing board and they figure out a way to compete with this. And in 2020, and three years later, Windows Phone Seven launches. You know, so 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 his actions did not match his words at the time. But I think he said what a CEO had to say. You know. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know. Yeah. Very frustrating. Here's another thing about Windows Phone, right? Did you you had a Windows Phone, right? I had I had two Windows Phones. Which ones did you have? I had the Mumi 820. It was my first Windows Phone. It was a used one. Okay. Uh, so I got that in I got that in uh, 2014, I, 13. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. uh, I got that, and then I got a Mumi 640 shortly okay. afterwards. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 I'm gonna ask you if you had a certain issue that I always noticed. So, so everybody, everybody always said, said like, oh, but Windows Phone is better. And I said, is it? You know, um, like, like in concept, there's a lot of great ideas. This idea of, of hubs and and you know, like remember you had, I think it was the people. I don't even remember anymore. But there was one where where it was a combined social media feed between Facebook and Twitter. And um, like the the messaging app, you would you could send messages through other services. It was like it was hubs, and all of your services were combined into these into these different hubs. And it, it was fantastic. It was a fantastic idea. It was a very smooth OS. But at the same time, I would take a picture, and then I'd go to post it on Facebook, and it would say I had no data connection. Has that ever happened to you? Because I know it's happened to other people. Well, I didn't use Facebook very much, so I can't okay. say for sure. Okay. <laughs> but right. I don't remember having issues like that, sending pictures to, in other platforms at least, like messaging apps. But yeah. Facebook, Facebook itself, I, I can't say for sure. I didn't post pictures very often. I distinctly remember that problem because because I would I would go on Facebook and it was and I'd be 
you know, I'd be right next to my Wi-Fi router. I would have, or I'd have four bars of LTE service. Like there was no reason that I shouldn't be able to post this picture. And it was, and that's a super, it's, it's a small thing, but it's super frustrating. And that's the kind of thing that will alienate users and say, I don't ever want a Windows phone again. And, um, you know, it was little stuff like that that would. Ha Here's another thing, right? Um, you press the the Windows key, takes you back to the start screen, and sometimes it would say loading for like a half a second before showing the the start screen. Oh, right? that happened a lot. Yeah. That yes. Was <laughs> right. So, can you imagine that happening with Android or iOS? Like, it doesn't. You you press the the home key, whatever, or you swipe up on iPhone now, whatever. And it just goes right back to your home screen, and that's it. There's there's no loading. And it's, and, there uh, shouldn't be. That's, that was a thing that is very hard to understand. That right. I think it got worse with Windows 10. I, I don't think. <laughs> I think it did. Yeah. <laughs> well, Windows 10 slowed a lot of things down, and, and you know that was another issue with with the with the OS was that that it was very text based. Um, everybody talked about it. it's light and fast and smooth and but the thing is it's it's there's there wasn't there's a lot of things that should have been graphical that weren't like do you remember the settings menu in Windows Phone 8.1 oh yeah that is that was a much needed improvement when Windows 10 came out that was something that yeah I was very was glad awful. To see. here's what I hated about it <laughs> he said there was different settings some of them will be updated through the store I don't remember if they all could be but some of them could be and when they were updated through the store, they dropped to the bottom of the list. So you couldn't open settings and know where a certain settings would be because it could change. And it was just text based. So there's no icon next to it that indicates what you're looking at. And, and um, when they started adding these graphical elements, um, the, the OS rightfully became like, the thing is it was such a light and smooth OS because, because it was lacking key features. And once you add, you know, key features, it, it becomes weighted down like any other OS. And, um, and Windows 10 Mobile kind of did that. That, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. I, there was some criticism towards Windows Phone that I remember seeing, and that I think was unjustified. Like the, the, the organization of the settings was bad, but I look at Android settings, and I mean, it depends <laughs> on the Android device you have. But up until yeah. Nougat or something, it was also terrible. It was not, uh, I mean, they couldn't sh change around like Windows Phone did. I didn't know that it was a thing. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I don't think they also had icons for a long time. And they were also very disorganized for a long time. So yes. Yes. Uh, uh, I I heard those complaints when I had a Windows phone, but then I uh, sometime later I'd grab a, an Android phone with Marshmallow or so, Android Marshmallow or something. And it was awful too. So yeah, uh, they still can be. Like the, the thing about Android is is that it's it's skinned by the OEM. So I mean, you know, even back then, like you could have one OEM that has a brilliant settings menu and one that just doesn't. You know, yeah. or you know, one that doesn't like you. I'm. I guess the manufacturer probably had to do some work to make it nice, so most of them weren't. You know, but um, yeah. I mean, right, rightfully so. There's a lot of complaints about Android too. Like, um. You know, I could mention that 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 Windows Phone you couldn't take a screenshot until Windows Phone eight, and that was twenty twelve, and um, Android didn't get that functionality either until uh, not too long before that native functionality. I'm sure again OEMs built it in, um, but yeah, I didn't even I know. Right, so. What I didn't even know. 
yeah, it, it, it depends. Uh, Android, I, I think it's also a recent thing on Android, yeah. Yeah. Relatively speaking. Windows Phone 7, you could not take a screenshot. There's no way to do it. <laughs> the, I mean, I feel like that's such a basic feature now. It's very yeah, easy. it is. <laughs> so. It is. So people love to take screenshots, so now... Now, now it's getting fancy. Like you know, you're getting editors for screenshots and in phones and stuff. Yeah, but another thing I want to point out about Windows Phone that I I miss because I have an Android phone now, and it's just notification settings are actually better. Were actually better on Windows 10 Mobile, uh, at least compared yeah. to stock Android, which is that I I have stock Android, and I'm thinking for because on Android you can't really change the notification sounds per app i think maybe you can i'm not oh, sure really? but I'm there sure are certain, but is very customizable but there are some things that i can't change i was trying the other day um for example on windows phone you could have settings for having the the banner pop up or just send it straight into the action center if you want to have sound or not no sound uh, yeah. all that stuff you could customize not only as a global setting but per individual app and I tried to do that on on my phone now on Android, and I can't. The only option I get on any app is just turn it off or on, uh, and then I can just act, turn off or on specific categories of notifications. But I can't find a way to adjust all of those things individually. Like if I don't want it to be popping up on the screen while I'm using it or something like that, I can't yeah. really do that. And Windows 10 Mobile, uh, 10 Mobile, uh, all those things for every app and they were very consistent with that and I I started appreciating that more after yeah, there are a lot of good things about Windows Phone, Windows 10 Mobile. Um, I always lo- love the 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 pivoted interface of, of Windows Phone 7, Windows Phone 8 and just um, having that that panor- panoramic background and being able to swipe through uh, all the swipe gestures and stuff and uh, it was good. Yeah, I you like know. that too. Windows 10 Mobile killed a lot of that stuff, though. Yeah. I mean, the panoramas, they were replaced with typical menus that I I felt a lot of people criticized that, the the way that it it wasn't as panoramic as before. But you could still swipe, at least. And I feel like that's something that's not possible in a lot of apps on iOS. So that was still nice. Yeah. Uh, you know what? One issue that that happened was was when when Windows 10 Mobile launched, and we've talked about Microsoft communication issues, because because they um they promised Windows 10 Mobile upgrade to all Windows Phone 8.1, all devices running Windows Phone 8.1. That was Terry Myerson's exact words, and then they had insider previews for all of those devices, and, and that didn't happen. <laughs> it it yeah. was pretty much um, it was pretty much any device that shipped with Windows Phone 8.1. So anything with Windows Phone 8 that had been upgraded to 8.1 didn't get the upgrade, except for um, except for the ones with 8.1 hardware, which was like the Lumia 1520 and the Lumia Icon. And um, that was that was a big issue because because at that point I think it was clear that that they were kind of chopping things down a little bit. And Windows Phone, you know, Windows Phone had always used old hardware, which really annoyed me. Like the the um, Windows Phone 8, the only chipset supported was the Snapdragon S4 Plus. You know, um, Windows Phone 8.1, the only chip supported was Snapdragon 200, 400, and 800. So, like, they were using the Snapdragon S4 when Android was using the Snapdragon 800. They were using Snapdragon 800 when Android was using the 801 and the 805. It was very frustrating. 
It was, and it is, it's always been so weird how strict Microsoft has been with the system requirements. That I think that yeah. probably played a part in how many phones were released because they were just trying to force manufacturers to use uh, processors that weren't as good, and that kind yeah. of sucked. Well, yeah, you had these Nokia phones which had virtually the same specs, and it was like, you know, six variants of it. <laughs> you know that there was, you know, like like the Lumia um, six six thirty and six thirty five, um, seven thirty seven thirty five eight thirty six forty six forty XL all had a Snapdragon four hundred, um, except for a variant of the six thirty five. They all had one gigabyte of RAM, and and um, and except for the six thirty and the six thirty five, they all had seven twenty p displays. You know. Um, so there were minor variances between these devices, but yeah, yeah, it, and the Snapdragon four hundred is not good. No, it isn't. <laughs> but yeah, yeah there, there were a lot of weird decisions with Windows ten, uh, yeah. Windows Phone as a whole. I mean, but right. I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's sad. And I remember that thing you were talking about with the the phones that were dropped from the list. It, it's really unfair because you, you had these phones put on the beta version and then suddenly those people were told that they can't Right, get the and you final gotta use version. the Windows device recovery tool to go back. That's just, yeah. that's a terrible idea. And I think that probably just really breaks people's trust when you can. Well, it really when did. You... And they screwed over a lot of a lot of customers a lot of times, right? <laughs> um, and you, you know, because that's the thing, they they didn't tell anybody that they, that they were dropping these devices until the update shipped. You know, it, it was March seventeenth, twenty sixteen, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I only know that because I searched for articles, that, like the article about when it launched, and I and I know which dates to search for. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, it, it, like March sixteenth. Everybody thought that all Windows Phone 8.1 devices would get an upgrade because that's what Microsoft had promised. And then they said, like, oh, no, we never said that. Like, yeah, you did. You know, <laughs> like, there's video evidence of Terry, Terry Meyerson saying this. So yeah, there was it's that. It's terrible. It's terrible. It gets sort of betas to a, to a device and then just so all of a sudden decide that, you know, you can't have this after all. And you have to roll back because it, it, there was no other way to keep going. You have to, to reset your phone to be able to, to get on a supported version. Yeah. They did something similar with Windows Phone 8, too. Like, they, they promised an upgrade path for Windows Phone 7. And um, it was funny that, like, in April 2012, the Lumia 900 launched, which is the flagship Windows Phone 7.5 device. And they, they had, Nokia had this whole ad campaign, the smartphone beta test is over. And um, that was April. And in September 2012, the Lumia 920 and Windows Phone 8 launched. So, so this phone, <laughs> this flagship phone was dead in five months. It's crazy if you look at the timeline for some of this stuff, you know. So, some things are just unjustifiable. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's terrible. I remember being glad because... My Lumia 820 is actually stolen from me, and I was oh, yeah. very sad about that. But then I got the 640, and then the news came out that the 820 wasn't gonna get the Windows 10 update after yeah. all. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, I, I guess I guess something good came from that because I wasn't going to be able to get Windows 10. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, a lot of mistakes, you know. Um, there's a yeah, but you know what? You know what? I always thought was a problem. One more thing that that I want to mention that I always thought Nokia was a problem. 
I always thought they were a big problem for Windows Phone because I would review I would review these phones from third party man, manufacturers and people they they would be awesome phones like the Yes Billy four point seven I was in love with this device and it was it was cheap it was a Snapdragon two hundred device and it was just so good um, except for like the performance issues that come with the Snapdragon two hundred but that was okay mm-hmm. because because it was a light operating system so. Um, and and people would comment like, no thanks, I'm gonna get a real Windows phone. And what they meant was a Nokia Lumia, and, and that's a big problem for an ecosystem. If if one brand is seen as the only real product in that in that ecosystem, like that, that's a big problem because now um, third party manufacturers have no reason to to make a device for a Windows phone. You know, that's, um, that's true, and there there weren't really many devices aside from well, the small brands like Geds and. Well, Blue. HTC did a few, and and HTC was bigger back in the day. That's true. HTC had some you know? re- really good phones. Uh, they the, did. the one the one M8. Yeah, and they even supported yeah. the dot view case and stuff. With it the, did. With the yeah. so they had was... full support. They had blank view, all, like all the stuff that that HTC was doing at the time. They did it on Windows Phone, and. But it's um, like, yeah, but it's like you said. You said people just thought of Nokia as that one brand, and yeah. HTC deserved a lot better because they, they put yeah. some real effort into that. Yeah, and, and Sam- were- Samsung too. Um, Samsung had the Ativ SE, which was on Verizon. That was a Windows Phone eight point one device with a Snapdragon eight hundred, and um, so so that was a, a good one. But I mean, they, they they like why would anybody besides Nokia make a phone when when Nokia dominates the Windows Phone. It's yeah, it's that's tough. True. I, yeah, I, I, I always found like, them. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I just I was gonna reiterate that I almost found HTC deserved more because I think the one I made at the Snapdragon eight hundred one, right? It was the only yes. Windows Phone with the <laughs> Snapdragon eight hundred one. So that was interesting, and no one cared. People just wanted the it's Nokia everything. I mean, yeah. I love Nokia desi- the design of Nokia phones. I'm not gonna lie. But you know, competition but, is important, and no other brands are trying to do it because everyone just cares about Nokia. Here's the problem with the One M8: unpopular opinion, not a good phone. It, mm-hmm. it, it was it was um, it was a good Windows phone. But here's the thing: um, the camera was not good, and the display was not good. Um, and the display was not talked about a lot with the One M8. But but the white balance was totally off, and um, almost to where things that should be white looked tinted green, and. Um, uh-huh. But the big problem was the camera, because Windows Phone users loved their cameras. We loved our PureView cameras. So, so if you're going to put out a Windows Phone, it's got to be able to compete with PureView. So that 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 was like the flaws that I saw in that device, you know. And um, but still, like like when, when Microsoft bought Nokia, I I thought they were gonna when when they started cutting back the lineup. I thought they, I, I thought they were gonna kill it and build it back from the ground up, just because that, like that first party s- system, you know, call even calling Nokia first party brand, which is what I came to call it. Um, I thought they were gonna kill it and build it back up, just, just so, you know, they don't have that problem of Lumia's being the only real Windows phone, and they could actually create an ecosystem of partners. Never happened. Never happened. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we just had mobile. We had even fewer devices. I think. I mean, we did have an HP, which was nice. Yeah, 
but yeah, yeah. We, actually, was there were oh, yeah, a couple. The, the <laughs> yeah, they, that was that was a good one. Uh, I, I also was very interested in the Ankatang Idol 4S. I found like a, that was a uh, yeah, that was a lovely device. That yeah, one was very nice. Yeah, and the, again, the, the Elite X3, I didn't, I didn't love so much. Um, you know, like it had great order. The camera was awful. Camera was off on the Alcatel too. The the uh, Idol, Idol 4S. Yes, it had different names in the U.S. and 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 in other places. I think it was the Idol 4S for Windows 10 or something. Yeah, something and, like uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. The the because because that had a beautiful AMOLED display. Uh, it was an awesome awesome device. You know. By the way, speaking of ARM, <laughs> speaking of ARM PCs and the ACX, it's supposed to have the performance of an i5. This just reminded me of it, because when the Elite X3 came out, they pushed the whole continuum thing. And because remember, HP had HP Workspace, which was virtualized uh, Win32 apps that, would that you would basically stream through the cloud. And, yeah. and you could run Chrome in continuum on the Elite X3. It was pretty cool. Um, you had to pay a subscription service for it. But I remember they said, and Qualcomm said, that the Snapdragon 820 is on par with an Intel Core i3. And so that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, considering the advancements that have been made since then, and the fact that they've not caught up to a Core i5 until the 8CX, I'm guessing that wasn't true, you know. And, 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 and it makes me skeptical about those claims. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Continuum was another thing. They promised so much for it, but then they came uh, a yeah. lot of things. So you know what's so funny though? Like like they when HP sent me the Elite X3 when this thing finally came out because they announced it like a year over a year before it came out, and um, they sent it to me and and um, I was the only one writing articles about hey this camera is not going to be good you know because at the time everybody everybody was focused on megapixels. Um, and everybody's like, oh, 20 megapixels is going to be great. I think it was 20 megapixels. I, don't I, th I think so. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's going to be great. Megapixels. And I'm like, like dude, no, no. Like, look at the specs for this camera. Um, doesn't say anything about, about autofocus technology. There, there's, you know, it has a smaller aperture. Like, it's not going to be good. And um, it came out. Sure enough, it wasn't good. <laughs> and, uh, I remember I wrote an email to HP, like, um, so, something about doing a camera comparison with an, with an iPhone. And <laughs> I got this email back from them, man. And they're telling me, like, this is not a phone. Um, mm -hmm. This is, this is a, a, a three-in-one PC. It said, there is no reason why you, you, would, you would write anything comparing this to an iPhone. And it was basically like, these things shouldn't even be on the same desk. <laughs> you know, yes. This is not a phone. It's a three-in-one PC. I'm like, okay, guys. Every, no one's going to use this as a phone. Right. Right. And, uh, it, and no one was going to. It was. I mean, it, <laughs> HP make, made a few smartphones, I believe, not many, uh, like Android, and they're only terrible. So that so that should have been expected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. It's. A, I mean, I just thought it was funny that that like because they really tried to position these things as as PCs, and the thing is, if you want to position a phone as a PC, it also has to be good at being a phone, and, and that was the problem. So. Enough about Windows Phone. Unless there's something you wanted to add. Let's talk about OneDrive. <laughs> no, let's move on. We, we don't right. <laughs> yeah, we did a lot. And like, it's just so much fun to talk about, you know, and like, like all these things that, that went wrong. 
Um, so you can now upgrade your OneDrive storage, right? Um, if you're on the paid OneDrive storage plan, uh, the $199 a month one, you get 100 gigabytes now instead of 50 gigabytes, which is cool. Um, nothing you need to do. If you're on Office 365, you get one terabyte, and now you can increase it to up to two terabytes, um, which will be $9.99 a month, although it's in 200 gigabyte increments of $1.99 a month each. Um, yeah. So the first 200 gigabytes is $1.99, and the extra, the, each 200 gigabytes on top of that is actually $2, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's and, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's about it's, time, really. <laughs> it's dumb that that you get that they're stopping you at two terabytes. You know, Amazon just it's I think it's ten dollars a month per terabyte, and you can go up as far as you want. So so you know, why can't I pay twenty dollars a month for two extra terabytes? You know, it, it's it's just weird that they're limiting people. Yeah, that is a, a necessary limit, limitation. I don't know why they're doing that. If we're gonna charge anyway, yeah. just. Let people pay as much as they want. I mean, yeah. more money. <laughs> and here's another thing, right? So, so Office 365 home use. If you, if you have Office 365 personals for one person, you get a terabyte of OneDrive storage. That's it. Office 365 home, though, that's for six people, and each person on that plan gets a terabyte of OneDrive storage. If you increase your storage, it's only for the primary account holder. So the other five people don't even have the option. Of getting more storage which is um also dumb yeah <laughs> right? yeah that's <laughs> so why like you could pay 99 it's 99 dollars a year and you're getting a total of six terabytes of OneDrive storage so now you're gonna pay an extra 120 for just one person to get an extra terabyte um i've always thought that that they should just allow you to allocate your six terabytes however you want you know, where um, maybe maybe one person needs a lot, so they get three terabytes, and then the other five people get like five hundred gigabytes each. You know, that would that would make sense. That would be yeah. nice. But I yeah. guess that would make too much sense for Microsoft. I... <laughs> well, at this point, <laughs> at, at this point, it wouldn't make it, at, at at this point it would make sense now that they did this because, um, you know, Office three sixty five personal is six nine ninety nine a year. And now you're going to add nine ninety nine a month, another hundred and twenty dollars. So now you get one hundred and ninety dollars a year. If they if they let you allocate your home subscription, your six terabytes, you could literally get six terabytes for ninety nine dollars a year. Um, so so it kind of blows up that whole pricing structure. But back in the day, um, <laughs> back in twenty fourteen, they had promised um, unlimited right. OneDrive storage. Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember the story of about them going back because people were just storing like pirated movies and whatever, like terabytes and terabytes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They said they said people abused it, which was crap because you can't offer unlimited OneDrive storage and then say people abused it when they used their unlimited storage. Um, yeah, that's but uh, yeah. So that like I that guess Microsoft I just didn't plan for. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I said at the time though when they said that they're not doing it. I know they totally planned for it, but when, when they when when they said they're not doing it, I said that like rather than just chopping everyone down to one terabyte, why don't you just let people allocate their? At the time, it was five terabytes in Office three sixty five home, and at least ease the transition a little bit. But they didn't do that. Um, but no, I, I I say that they totally planned for it because I truly believe at this point that it was a bait and switch, which was 
you know, s sign up, sign up for one, s sign up for Office 365. You're gonna have unlimited storage. Then a year later, sorry, no unlimited storage, but you're already signed up. So, you know, might as well. Yeah, like, like it's a bait and switch. Like, like unlimited storage, unlimited cloud storage is not a reasonable option uh, for any cloud storage provider. It, it makes no sense. Um, because not only do you have to provide that amount of storage, you have to provide redundant storage in multiple geographical locations. So if I have a server here at my house, you know, and I have a terabyte of data, I got to put a terabyte of data here. I got to put a terabyte of data, you know, on the server at your house, because if my house blows up, I can't lose your data. So, um, you know, with multiple terabytes, it gets very, it gets unreasonable. So unless unless they just had no clue that, that, you know, they just didn't project how much this stuff would cost at all. Um, yeah, they, they totally knew. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the way I see it, they just didn't think people would really use cloud storage. And they're just like one of those promises you make just because. But maybe it's like you're saying, a bait and switch would make, would make sense. It would be sad, yeah. but it would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know, this is just let people scale. If you're going to, I mean, of course you have to limit it. If you're just going to charge $100 per year, you can't really give unlimited storage at that price. But yeah. just let people scale. You know, $100 more, you get another terabyte. I don't know. I don't care. Just I thought just, at some <laughs> point, that, by the way, um, keep in mind that, that Apple sells two terabytes of iCloud storage for $9.99 a month. Um, Apple. So... <laughs> Just remember that, but <laughs> I I, uh, I always thought that they would just increase the amount for Office 365 at some point, just because, I mean, this stuff has to get bigger over time. People's cloud storage, like people automatically upload their photos to OneDrive, and eventually this stuff just grows. And, um, you know, I, I just assume that that as storage gets cheaper over time, that that amount would would just get bigger. So maybe it still will, but not not right now. Yeah, but I mean, it, it has been some time. I think it's in due time that they increase the maximum storage, especially if Apple is doing it. Yeah. If, if Apple is doing something that's cheaper than you're offering, then something is very weird. It is very weird, <laughs> you know, and, and um, yeah. Two terabytes of iCloud storage for nine ninety nine a month. You know, I gotta say, like, you know, um, it might be. I, I I don't know that Microsoft actually wants to be in the cloud storage business. And I, you know, it's a it's a perk of Office three sixty five. If they got rid of OneDrive storage and Office three sixty five, I would not subscribe to Office at all. You know, that that's the biggest thing that I use my subscription for. I'd be happy with Office Online. Yeah, I, and I can see that being a thing for a lot of people. I mean, yeah, because because you can can you pay just for one terabyte of storage without Office three sixty five? Nope, not anymore. <laughs> so they're so, really yeah. not in the cloud storage business. Um, by the way, the the other part of this story was that they announced something called Personal Vault, and what that is, it's basically a, it they call it a, a protected area in OneDrive, and it, it seems like it works just like a folder and. Um, so you can use Windows Hello to access this or, or you know, any other kind of, you can use Microsoft Authenticator, you know, Face ID on your iPhone. And, and it's, it's strong authentication is what they call it. And that's what you would need to access this folder. So it's encrypted. If you have it synced to your device, it's encrypted, encrypted with BitLocker. 
And um, yeah, Personal Vault coming soon to Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. For so. once, the United States are not first. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I read this, and the first thing I did was I texted Mary Jo. And I'm like, what is this? How am I going to make fun of Zach? <laughs> you know? So, you know, I'm gonna, now I'm just going to have to curse at Boyd. You know? <laughs> Boyd Chan, he's our editor in Australia. And, uh, you know, we love him. So yeah. just, just ask Boyd to make fun of Zach for you, I guess. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you're a genius. <laughs> oh. Yeah, see, you know, we, we just made a podcast description and we said that there's scheming that goes on. This is it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Right, that's it for OneDrive, I think. Unless you got anything to say about personal vault. It seems interesting, but that, that's that's about it. <laughs> Told you we could do five stories in an hour, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. already. Yeah. Just talk about the failure of Windows Phone and we can just go. Uh, <laughs> that, that could be like two episodes. I want it, it so. really could. <laughs> I could talk forever about the failure of Windows Phone. Um, so Johnny Ive is leaving Apple. This came up yesterday. Apple and, and by the way, do you like my title on that? Johnny Ive is leaving Apple so he can contract for Apple. <laughs> I thought it was a little insensitive, and, I'm, and I, I told Pulaski, I'm like, you got to tell me if this title is too much. He's like, nope, it's perfect. It is. I think <laughs> no one else mentioned this in their titles. It's just like, he's leaving Apple, but he's still working for Apple. And yeah, yeah. No so, other so, title says that. So. Right. So, so, so Johnny is leaving Apple as, you know, he's the chief design officer, and uh, he's starting his own design company, and Apple's going to be his top customer at, the, at his independent company. So, I mean that that's pr that's pretty much it, right? So, so yeah. starting his own company allows him to take on other projects. Um, I don't know. What do you th what do you think? Like Johnny Ive has been instrumental to Apple's design for for twenty six years, and particularly since nineteen ninety six when Steve Jobs returned and made him head of the design team, and he's obviously designed. Every iPhone, he, he signed off on every design that that Apple has produced, and um, so I don't know if this this changes anything for Apple since they will be contracting his new company. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I, I mean, I mean, it could change a little bit because I assume the rest of the design team is going to have to change if unless he's taking the entire design team from Apple. To, to his new company. The VP so. of industrial design and the VP of human interface design are going to report to the company's uh, COL, COO, Chief Operating Officer, Jeff Williams. So those guys are still there. Um, you know, um, you want to know what I think? Yeah, go ahead. I think they're better off without him. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 thought, I thought the same thing, actually. Kind of like, <laughs> You know, talking about the whole form over function thing, you know, you, you have a, an Apple mouse that charges with a lightning port underneath the mouse, so you can't even use it while it's charging. Yeah. I mean, come on. Right? That's, yeah, some things are terrible. It's just... Look at the colors of the iPhone XR. They're ugly, all of them, except red <laughs> and maybe yellow. They're ugly. You know, you have the, the, the light cyan blue. Like, what about a nice, deep, navy blue iPhone? It would be beautiful, but they won't do it because they like these pastel colors. All right, everything like the iPhone 5C was the same story, you know. Yeah, all right. A lot of the design <laughs> is weird. I don't think the iPhone has a particularly appealing design. I mean, until no, the, 
I like the iPhone 10. I have to admit, I do like the, the design of the iPhone 10, the, the screen and stuff. But even then, it's like the back is just the same as every other iPhone has been. So right. I'll tell you what I like and what I hate about the iPhone 10. And and what I like about it, I definitely attribute to to Johnny Odd. And what I like is that the borders around the display are even throughout the device, except for obviously the notch. And no other phone does this. Everybody has mimicked the iPhone 10 with with the notch and narrow borders, but everybody like like the chin is a little bit bigger. No one has actually been able to create uniform bezels around the entire device and i really appreciate that what i yeah. hate about the iphone is the massive notch and the and what what i the reason i hate that is because android is moving beyond notches now with the pop-up camera on the oneplus 6t or the the hole punch display on the honor view 20 and the galaxy s10 and um apple's going to be stuck with this for another probably another generation or two because they they that, but I think that's really more of a technological issue that they they really just can't keep up, um, as more than a design issue. I I don't know if that's it. Uh, I feel like they because they stuck at the design they stuck at the design of the previous iPhone generations for so long. I don't know if it's because they can't, or they just don't want to seem like they're admitting that their design choices weren't the best ones. So they no, have to like they just can't, stick with. I, Historically, historically, up until um, up until the iPhone Seven came out, they've they've redesigned the iPhone every two years. Like they like they could, um, you know, that the the iPhone Ten design has been there for two years now. They 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 can redesign it now. They can they can, you know, they don't have to say it was wrong because I don't think it was wrong two years ago. I think that this year it's wrong. Yeah, if they do it again now, it's, yeah, it's gonna suck so because they can yeah. improve on this design. Um, you the know, notch like, is gigantic. That is, <laughs> it's very wide. I'll, but I, I will take that notch over a Pixel Three XL notch. That's, any day. that's that's true. <laughs> that's true. But but yeah. even then, this, this does suck because I, uh, on my Nokia seven point one, I have a the notch is like half the size, and even then, I can only get two notifications icon at the top, and then it starts minimizing them into this little circle that just tells you there's more than what's there, and I yeah. hate that because. It's just two icons. It just doesn't tell me much. There's, sometimes it's only stuff that I don't even really care about, and then the stuff that I do care about is just hidden away. I completely and that agree. On that. So even the small thing, notch, you, don't, you don't use iOS, right? No, I they, don't. they don't. They don't have notification badges up there like Android does. And um, though that that I always that that was always a big problem for me with Android notches, but Apple doesn't have that issue with with uh, with icon badges. Um, I don't. I don't mind the notch when I use an iPhone. It just. It just. It bothers me that that they can't keep up with display technologies that are being used by the rest of the market. Yeah, it, it is. It's just too big at this point. Like even last year, where they got notches well, so much smaller than than what they had before. Well, the fact. Well, here's. Well, here's the thing about that is that. It's wide because it has sensors. All those sensors, Face yeah. ID for uh, um, and emojis and all that crap. Um, if you look at other phones that pack those sensors, they tend to have wide notches as well. Um, I think doesn't, the P30 doesn't the P30 have that? No, no there is another, the, no, but there is an Android phone that has it. No, there's a Huawei phone too. I, <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was the Mate 20 Pro that that used the wide notch. Um, 
Oh and, yeah, and maybe. it makes sense. And and really, um, you you need these things for secure facial recognition. And and Apple is one of very few that can actually do secure and fast facial recognition um, because because it's sensing depth. So. You know, I, I used to do this for product launches. I would take a selfie with a demo phone, and, I, and then I'd try to unlock the other phone, and most of the time it would work. Um, so you can't do that with an iPhone. You know, like, yeah, there there are some companies that, that look for tricks in lighting or movement, and they can, they can look for natural movement, and, and that, that helps. But ultimately, you, you need those sensors. And so, so that makes sense, but... I think notches are getting smaller on the Android side because um, lo- most companies are moving toward in-display fingerprint sensors for biometric authentication. So um, if Apple can't pull that off, then that's, you know, that's the problem. That, yeah, but I still feel like Apple has some trouble with, like, uh stepping away from the design choices they made in the past. Like we had Touch ID for very long. And now and then we had to switch to Face ID just two years ago. Now if we're going back to fingerprints, I feel like <laughs> I know, they've been saying, you know, so yeah, yeah, it's just like, it's like they're saying, you know, maybe face recognition isn't really what it should have done. And they rarely say they say something like that, right? I mean. Right, right, right. They they, they rarely go back on, and and, Almost rightfully so, because most of their decisions are very well thought out, and that's why they tend to be a little further behind Samsung in some cases. Because Samsung, they're very, very two very different companies. Samsung tries to be first at everything, you know. Um, Apple tries to be right in everything, you know. Like yeah. it's easy to be, it's easy to be first if you don't care about getting it right. And um, <clears throat> like the Galaxy Fold. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the Galaxy Fold. Um, you know, my mind always goes to the, the Galaxy S4 and the Galaxy S5, and they started loading these things up with all these ridiculous features. They didn't work well. And, like, but you know what? Um, every time an iPhone launches, memes float around the Internet that say, like, oh, welcome to 2012, Apple. You know, um, you know when, when they introduced the, the fingerprint sensor in, in the iPhone 5S, like, like Oh, Samsung has had this for five years. Like, you know what? Samsung fingerprint sensors were awful until Apple <laughs> Touch ID. Do you remember? You had to swipe. You had to swipe the home button to scan your fingerprint sensor. You couldn't oh, just. I think it... Yeah, they were yeah. awful, and no one <laughs> used them. And um, yeah, so and and Apple is the first company. You just press the button to unlock your phone, and it unlocks because it senses your fingerprints. Your, your fingerprint, and um, yeah. I don't think they adopt things until they're already kind of widespread because that's when it starts to matter that it's good because the first adopters will just like, they're just enthusiasts, I guess, and they, they don't really care if it's not perfect. They're just saying it's well, a good first step. And it depends on the thing, right? Like they're not, they're not going to do a 5G phone this year because no one has 5G, right? The, the, there's no, 5G, if 5G isn't a selling point for, for a device that's going to sell in the tens of millions, um, that then... Then they're they're not going to do it. Um, other things like like the fingerprint sensor wasn't wi- widespread. They added this because they could do it better than uh, Samsung was doing it. Um, they were the first ones to make a 64-bit phone, which um, at the time everybody said, "Why would you make a 64-bit phone? That's stupid." Um, you know, people have a lot of misconceptions about 64-bit, thinking that it only it's only for more than four gigs of RAM. And so, why would you do this on a phone with you know, whatever it was at the time, one gigabyte of RAM. 
and um, you know, they, these they, it turned out to be a really good thing for them. But but um, they, like they they do innovate in certain areas, but I don't think they innovate until they're at least confident that they got it right. And they might not get it right, but they're at least confident that 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 they're doing it better than their competition can. Yeah, and that's I think that's part of the reason they also have trouble, like uh, you know, stepping back from those decisions. Like I don't know if they're gonna get rid of Face ID because of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, um, I I don't think that they would. Um, I don't think they would move towards a fingerprint sensor unless the fingerprint sensor can be um, maybe as good as Touch ID was on an iPhone 8 um, or or as fast and accurate as, as Face ID is on an iPhone 10 because they, they, they're not going to want that experience to be a downgrade, which, again, that's that's um, that is something that differentiates Apple from from most Android manufacturers, right? Because. Um, look at the first in-display fingerprint sensors on Android phones. They're awful. And Android phones just went to it because it's like the next thing and you can have a, a more edge-to-edge display because you don't have to put a fingerprint sensor on there. And it's like, but the, the biometric experience got worse from generation to generation there. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's, it's exactly what you're saying. The people, Android manufacturers are willing to have worse performance in order to push for a new technology and Apple doesn't want to do that they want they have they want to make sure that the 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 experience is consistently good so when they shifted to face id it was still a very it was a good experience out of the box i mean it got better but it was already very good at launch and so apple doesn't want to do that kind of experiment with their phones and I guess part of that might be because they just have one phone every year, so then don't have a lot of time to make things better. Right. Uh, so then you have this own year of people saying, you know, this kind of sucks that they mm-hmm. don't want. So yeah. I'm just as well, like the rumors for this year's iPhones are just that um, it, it just seems boring to me that they, <laughs> it seems like they're going to stick with with the same thing this year. The redesign comes next year, maybe if they do 5G. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but the I saw a render the other day and the notch did did seem smaller. Maybe it was just my eyes or it's just a render, so you never know if it's Man, accurate. I don't uh, care about the size of the notch. Uh, like they gotta kill the notch. Um <laughs> it's it's like everybody else, you know, OnePlus and Samsung and Huawei have all found ways to kill the notch. And um you know, they're just going to look like they're behind with, you know, if they have a notch. That's true. That's true. But I, yeah, not this year. I don't think anything indicates that. So, yeah. Hey, right, let's wrap this up. Yeah. That Five was... stories. We're probably close to an hour and a half. I don't know because we had to shut down Skype at one point. So, so the timer is off. <laughs> yeah. Close to an hour. That's probably our longest episode. It's just five stories. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, that is good. That is good. But uh, anything else? I don't think so, right? No, I don't think anything so, uh, big happened. Anything Anything exciting we can tease for next week? I don't think so. 1982? <laughs> what? 19 H2? Yeah. Is it final? <laughs> Still no 19H2, and next week is a holiday week. So probably not next week either. Oh, <laughs> uh, darn it. Wait. What what holiday is it next week? I, I I'm not American. It's, oh, it's the yeah, fourth July. July, yeah. So so, yeah. you know, you could you it's, and that's on a Thursday, so you can bet that that 
Microsoft will be off on Thursday and probably Friday. Um, so maybe, maybe on Wednesday, although I somehow doubt it, and, and maybe second week of July. And now we're looking at two months ahead of RTM. Oh, like, man. why can't they do this? I don't know. This, this yeah. is terrible. I mean, it could still happen today. That's not, I mean, technically. It, it could, yes. It's it, it's not 1 p.m. or 6 p.m. my time. But. I don't I don't think that they would do it on a Friday though. You know. Um, yeah. Friday Fridays are tough. You know, fr Fridays are, are generally for for bad news and um, and inconsequential news. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> um, you know doing something big on a Friday means that that you kind of have to be around on the weekends in case there is a problem um so yeah that's true but they've done it before i'm, I'm just saying because i know they've done it before but of well course i mean but, like they could do a build on a friday but like but it would, i think it would be a 28 like the first 19 h2 build i don't think they would do that news on a friday um especially yeah, when they be. haven't talked about it like if they had if they had a press release on tuesday saying saying hey 19 h2 is coming soon here's some ideas we got you know, um, here's why it took so long, but no, um, <laughs> there's nothing. So, that, like, if that news came today, it's probably bad news. Um, yeah, the, if, yeah. That's if, if, they, if they announce 19H2 today, it, like, it's something that they want us to forget by Monday. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see about that. How do you spell your Twitter Twitter handle? Oh yeah, I'm at in the spot. That's I N D O S P O T. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm at the Rich Woods, and um, that's it, guys. We'll catch you. Oh, we're on, we're on iTunes now, by the way. In case you guys, we're on iTunes. Now. <laughs> yeah. And but, uh, yeah, that's it. We're on Google Podcasts, and we even though we didn't submit it, which is great. <laughs> yeah, save us some work there. That's nice. So, listen, if you guys are using any podcatchers that we're not on, let us know because we want to be there. Yeah, just any platform we can be on we'll try to be on just let us know are we on window the windows phone podcast app is that a windows phone podcast app? yes there is <laughs> i'm gonna pull out a windows phone and check right now <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll catch you guys next week all right see you everyone